Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. I have another fantastic episode for you. Once again, we'll keep you up to date on who is running for president. The names keep on coming in, and oh my God, what a cool parade it is. <laughs> we'll also tell you a couple of deals about the debt ceiling. Looks like there is an agreement between the Biden administration and Kevin McCarthy. But first, we're going to give you a little update, and after that, we're going to talk to you about the culture war. A war Ooh. so serious, Target has become the new Gaza Strip. <laughs> Isn't it exciting? The front lines. Did, did you go to Target to get shampoo or maybe even a box of cereal? Well, I hope you're ready to be in the midst of a culture war. If I even see a goddamn rainbow, I'm not looking for a pot of gold. I'm looking for a pot of dicks. Hello. Well, you know, if they didn't want to be a victim of the culture war, they should have changed the name and the logo of the company. All right. Well, indeed. Okay. The update is Attorney General, this total D-bag in Texas. This past Saturday, the Texas House voted to impeach Attorney General Ken Paxton. He was first elected in 2014. And I believe the scandal started to roll in right away right as away. of 2015. Mm -hmm. So the man has had almost a decade long <laughs> career of corruption. You know what's kind of nice? At least he got right to it. Okay. Oh, Most yeah. politicians okay. wait their second, maybe third mm -hmm. term before they totally <laughs> get bought and sold by some bizarre corporate oligarch or some disgusting fringe movement that can help them politically. But Ken Paxton went in there and you know what? He said, let's just cut to the chase. I'm a fraud. Who wants to pay me some cash? <laughs> So Paxton is a former member of the Texas House and Senate. He has denied any wrongdoing. In 2015, the indictment, just months after taking office by a state grand jury, indicted Paxton on security fraud charges. Prosecutors said Paxton duped investors by selling shares of a technology company without registering as an investment in advisor representative with the state board or disclosing that he was being paid mm. by mm. the company. Mm. Pretty 101. Again, is it any different than what most politicians do? No, but he did it wrong. So <laughs> it's not legal because he did it too obvious. Right. And they're like, buddy, right. we all do it, but you're giving it away. 
I'm sorry, pal. Do this shit in private. <laughs> we're going to have to impeach you. Is he blaming any minorities or something? He's not doing it right. I think he's probably <laughs> blaming his lazy eye. And uh, God knows the racist terms he calls that. In 2018, amid a bunch of legal questions, Paxton won a second term. Oof. He beat Democrat Justin Nelson by 3.6%. And then there was a whistleblower that came out and was like, this is all crazy. This is nonsense. The man should not be there. Paxton also appeared at the J6 2021 Stop the Steal rally. Ooh. And in 2022, the State Bar of Texas sued Paxton, accusing him of professional misconduct for claims of substantial voter fraud that the bar said, quote, were misrepresentations and false statements. So this guy is pissed off just about Yikes. everybody mm. in the state of Texas and the country as a whole. Also, a little update on uh, Dade Phelan. Yeah, that was my question. What What about the guy that he <laughs> called out? Ooh, well, yeah, what about Dade? They have said he's still drunk. <laughs> so that's good. So no, wow. no, Dade will see no no consequences. It seems think. like the scandal with Dade is very light. Right. He's in the just sense drunk. That he had a brunch. <laughs> he had a lunch with some oil execs. The whiskey was flying. Oh, crap. I got to get back to work. But unlike Doc Ellis, he didn't pitch a no hitter. As a matter of fact, he struck out. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all that Paxton was able to get away with a decade of corruption when everyone around him is plastered, Ben. It doesn't yeah. hurt. Right. It doesn't hurt. Uh, yes. And again, Paxton, a long time coming. And it just shows you again what happens with a ill-informed electorate. The fact that this man had scandals coming in immediately after election, <laughs> but still able to be reelected whether that be gerrymandering, redistricting, ignorance, whatever it might be, it does seem as if his own party is holding him accountable. And as we know, specifically with the Republican Party, there's not as many Kirsten Gillibrands mm. uh, perp walking some people that they don't like in their party and asking them to resign. Most Republicans haven't right. even asked George Santos to resign. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that the Republican establishment in Texas has turned on Paxton is definitely evidence that there is evidence of a true fraudulent crime. Yes, absolutely. That's what happens with one party rule. Eventually, they just turned on each other. Uh, so good on Dade feeling. He's feeling fine. He is indeed. <laughs> also, when it comes to uh, Lindsey Graham, just kind of a non sequitur, but I think it's funny. Uh, ham and biscuits, y'all. Ham and right? biscuits, y'all. <laughs> so he went to Ukraine, and I don't know what he had for breakfast. What is he doing there? Ham and biscuits. So he was... Lindsey Graham was one of those guys who is like, you know, a coward. And so behind closed doors, he's like, we got to kill all the Russians. We're going to have every day a Russian dies is a good day. And all of this stuff, again, in person, you'd be like, Vladimir Putin, you tell me where you want to put it. And I am fine. <laughs> and you can put in. Exactly. But of course, behind closed doors and in front of the Ukrainian officials, uh, he has said that he is happy that the Russians are dying. Obviously, it's a Ooh. war. It's going to happen. Nonetheless, Russia has issued an arrest warrant for Lindsey Graham. And this is where I am. I'm a home teamer. So even in this case, I must say, sorry, Russia, he's ours. And <laughs> you can't have our little closeted gay senator. He is, unfortunately, he belongs to us. That's, that's our ham and biscuits, y'all. 
<laughs> wow. Well, now, that I've said, now that I've said that out loud, how do we figure out a deal to get the merchant of death back? Maybe we do that. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about Lindsay. it, so we do a switch back. So the merchant of death is out there. He's mm -hmm. in Russia. He's been like, I'm living the dream. But mm -hmm. now we want you back, merchant of death. Mm -hmm. Then you can go have Senator Lindsey Graham. Oh. Mm. But oh. we know that Lindsey Graham is turned on politically by war hawks. So hmm. I'm not sure if he wouldn't just get infiltrated quickly into the Kremlin and become one of their more hawkish uh, proponents oh. in a matter of weeks. You know, oh. these politicians, they're like what Bruce Lee said, be water. <laughs> mm. uh, we need to have a probe to find all the big old nuclear warheads. I'm going to lead that probe. Ham and biscuits, y'all. Ham and biscuits. So I don't... Uh, think that Lindsey Graham will be arrested anytime soon, mm, right. nor will he be going to Russia. However, the offer does stand now that I've thought about it. We'll mm -hmm. take the Merchant of Death back. Yeah. <laughs> you have Lindsey Graham. We'll figure out a way to fill that Senate seat with someone who isn't a warmongering hypocrite. Mm. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, mm. I, I don't know. I, I, I Maybe it's just me, but I would be scared to go to Ukraine if I were someone with a big name like him because I, I, I heard, you know, I was listening to the NPR. You know how I love yeah, that NPR. of course. Russia is considering even all UK politicians as targets. Right. They can, they can, so, I mean, don't you think he'd be a little bit scared of missiles raining down in him? He went to Ukraine the same way that Sean Penn went to Ukraine. Oh, they yeah, like I understand. Go, they like I understand. see it, and then they're like, I'm in Ukraine. <laughs> it's like um, Johnny Cash visited a prison right. to sing a song. Right, he wasn't and there. Yes, it was fantastic, but he didn't spend the night. You know? Right, I got so it. So there was a lot of protection around Lindsey Graham. Mm. All of this stuff obviously happens in secrecy, uh, but I cannot imagine... In any world where a U.S. senator goes into a place that is in current conflict, that that politician isn't heavily protected, uh, unless, of course, they're going into Jonestown, in which case they will be killed. <laughs> All right. Let's talk culture war. I usually, um, you know, hate to bring to light horrible art, but we have to. So there is a rapper and he, <laughs> oh, my God, this guy is really cool. And it's very ironic that he's against the gay lifestyle or the uh, uh, Pride Month or whatever the hell, because his name is a uh, Forgotta Blow. What? <laughs> what? The rapper's name is Forgotta Blow. Oh when I, my okay, gosh. I read that when I read it, and I Forgiato Blow. I just did not know it's what it was. F O R G I A T O Blow. Forgiato Blow. Forgotta Blow. Forgiato so Blow. He, I, I think he forgot to blow his boyfriend. He got all upset <laughs> when he went to Pride. Saw a couple of rainbows. Oh. And decided to make a rap video. Oh, my so, Lord. For those that don't know, I'm sure that you do. But obviously, the Dylan Mulvaney scandal, it was a marketing error on the side of Bud Light. If you take a look at what happened with the numbers. Now, was it an actual mistake? Was it not a mistake? Y'all figure it out. I don't give a fuck. I still drink that beer because mm -hmm. I want to get drunk for cheap. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what it is. And <laughs> I don't. Whether it be food, booze, I don't like to mix my politics with everything. Otherwise, you have nothing. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Bud Light, <laughs> people were so butthurt by them making a special six pack for this Dylan Mulvaney character, and they just couldn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. So Anheuser-Busch stock 
actually saw and is seen a real dramatic hit. Mm-hmm. It's down 20%. I mean, right. we are talking millions upon millions of dollars, and it doesn't seem to be rebounding as fast as I think many people assume that it would. Mm-hmm. They just kind of thought, well, Bud Light, okay, Anheuser-Busch, this will be a blip in the radar, an ad campaign that some uh, of their consumers didn't like. It'll rebound quickly. It's been mm. a month month and a half it's been a little while now Mm -hmm. obviously they fired the executive the ad executive that that uh created the promotion again i don't believe that the outrage should exist i don't give a fuck and it never would have they made it what it is they blew it all up and in this case of course for anheuser-busch sometimes that can work negative press being seen as positive press Mm -hmm. uh, can oftentimes make sales go up in Mm. the case of anheuser-busch it has not now Many people who are socially sensitive to rainbow colors uh-huh. in the LGBT <laughs> community, snowflakes in many ways, um, have now taken to target because they see this as an opportunity to continue the culture war. Now, they're not just voting with their dollar. They're also physically mm. um, interrogating and terrorizing target employees. Yeah. Again, people just trying to make a little bit of money during the day so they can support their families. Please, God, leave Target employees alone. Leave every employee alone. They just want to go to work. Just buy your socks and get the fuck out of the store. Anyway, there was I saw a video of a guy. He was like he wear he put on like one of the uh, trans swimsuits or something, and he was like trying to make a statement. I was like. Looking good, bro. Get out. Buy it and go. Because <laughs> yeah. also, if you try on one of those swimsuits, I'm pretty sure you purchase it. As soon as yeah. it touches your yeah. balls, yeah. Oh, yeah. you yeah. own it. You ball it, you buy it. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. So, this rapper, I swear, there was a time, I don't, I, man, the alt right just doesn't know how to do art. They can't create art. <laughs> they can't meme either. Uh, Kid Rock has gone downhill, and he was Ugh. already in a he was already in a valley. He's yeah. really low. <laughs> um, it just gets worse and worse when you bring in your hatred or your whatever, just stupid concern, and you make your music one hundred percent political. This is an alt right rapper again. His name is Forgot a Blow, and he has a song. That's topping the iTunes charts. Casey Kasem here. Welcome to the week f- top 40 of songs for douchebags. The name of this next song from a hit new artist, Forgot a Blow, 
<laughs> is Boycott Target. Oh. This is uh, also, don't worry, forgot to blow. Despite the fact that he's number one on iTunes, uh, he says he's shadow banned. Oh, he shadow oh, right. No one Is can he? hear his song. No on one can hear the song that's <laughs> number one on iTunes and on YouTube. And, 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 and I love the victim complex that goes through this country on every fucking insane level. The song also features rappers Jimmy Levy oh. and Nick Natoli and Stony Dude Bro. Oh, yeah. So when I think straight, I think Stony Dude Bro and Forgot a Blow. (laughs) I think Forgot a Blow and Stony Dude Bro, if I had to guess, I would say that they were the ones purchasing the gay clothes. But evidently, they're the ones who are super upset that they exist. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, audience. We're going to do it. We're going to play some of this song. Oh, boy. Um, Here we go. And the music video, if you haven't seen it, uh, the man is wearing a USA USA shirt. Take that off if you want to. Jersey. They are in a Target. They are filming a music video while the man is sitting in a Target cart. Like a baby. Like a baby. (laughs) And uh, let's just thumb through a little bit and just really, you know, get your your dancing shoes on. Here we go. Mm. All right. Oh. oh, Target is targeting my kids. <laughs> I think this might be Nick Natoli. I'm not sure. Oh, my God. Target. 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 They're really saying Target quite a bit. Inevitably, this will help the company. Yeah, this is a good commercial for Target. Target. There's branding everywhere. They show all the products. That may have been Stony Dude Bro. Uh, that was definitely Stony Dude Bro. No, that's it. That's Forgiato Blower. Oh, is that yeah, Forgot, yeah. Forgotti Blow? <laughs> Forgot I Blow? This game is so bad. The entire video is shot within a target. I'm going to guess they didn't get permission from target. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> when you shoot, also, it doesn't seem to be armed. Maybe he's talking about a strap on. Oh, oh right. That's why he forgot to blow. For some reason, they spend a lot of time in this video in the toy section for animals. They're targeting kids, it seems. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, no, I just find it amazing. I, I'm not, I don't want to take parenting right, advice, advice from a dude named Stony Dude Bro. No, you really can't. But one of the ironies of this when it comes to indoctrinating the children, most of the music video is shot in the children's aisle. Yeah. Right. Uh, as uh, I believe, again, forgot a blow. I um, <laughs> <laughs> was singing about uh, some goddamn issue he has. <sighs> with rainbows. So, so ra- rainbow shirts in the kids section. It seems to be his main gripe. I, I just want to push back and say, is it indoctrination that the kids have to go through shooter, mass shooter training and that have to learn how to hide from a violent assault? That's not indoctrination. 
But well, a rainbow shirt is Ben. You're gonna have to ask the mayor of Magaville. Yeah, Again, you're that gonna is need to take a Stony dude, bro. Sorry. No, uh, Stony dude, bro might be running next year, but right now the mayor of Magaville is indeed forgot a blow. So, <laughs> but on a serious note, this has led to a ten billion dollar loss in Target over the past ten days. Hmm. One Jeez. of the things that I will say hmm. about all of this. Yikes. It is pointing out some of the economic hypocrisy because mm. Mm. all of a sudden we know during Pride Month, Northrop Grumman, <laughs> we love gay people. We'll kill anyone. <laughs> we'll put a rainbow flag on that bomb. It doesn't matter. All of these Exxon Mobil, this next oil spill is for the gays. Mm. <laughs> there is something so disingenuous about corporate support. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that we're seeing here because Target has told all stores across the country uh, to limit the size of their, uh, I, I guess, pride apparel. Right. Uh, it's no longer in the front of the store. They've been told to move it to the back of the store. Now, one of the reasons that they're citing this, and this is very possible, and I would side with the employees, is employee danger. Same I get with it. We want to protect because no one, again, the employees are just going to try to work. Right. That's what. That's also what Bud Light's statement was about. It never said we're taking back that we sided with Dylan Mulvaney. We're just, you. there's too much violence happening just related to the yeah. incident. Bud Light, I think, is a well, okay, okay we'll get into we're, it. We're going to, um, yeah. so with Target and with the with the economics mm -hmm. of Pride Month and with what I think they thought sales were going to be. And now as they've seen a loss in sales, this again proves the point that these corporations, they don't have there is no woke corporation. They right. don't have any bottom line. They don't have any morality. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. They don't have any morality other than their bottom line. Yes. Right. So it is highlighting, ironically, for God blow is highlighting something that is actually kind of interesting for everyone, which is, again, don't be sold by the corporate narratives that these companies, multi-billion dollar international companies put forth in order to raise revenue, because as soon as the revenue takes a decline and you're one of the communities that they believe is uh, one of the reasons why they are now in a decline, you're gone. Wow. You're now in the back of the store. They don't give a fuck. And uh, it just does prove a hypocrisy on that level. I think, which is kind of interesting. You're okay. You're 100 percent right, Ben. They mm -hmm. are completely hypocrite. They do not give. They don't give a crap about POC or LGBTQ people. And the the whole Pride Month thing is just another way to get corporate sales up for That's summer. Money. Yes. I mean, it's money, the, money, but, money. It's the but, same thing with everything. But that right. being said, I do not think that the the loss we are seeing from Bud Light and Target is because of the gay thing. Uh, to start. Bud Light was experiencing 52-week highs. I mean, year-long highs in their stock. The stock had not been that high in a year. Okay. I said it three different ways just to make sure I said it correctly. <laughs> and then the Dylan Mulvaney stuff came out, and then the stock took its normal plummet because stocks go up really, really high, and everybody sells out, and then mm -hmm. they go back to baseline. So the whole thing saying that... that well, Anheuser-Busch lost sure. that much money, I think is more related to just the stock price could normalizing. It be, can can mm. it be a duality? It can. Because I know no. for one of the so one one reason that I might say 
um, that the stock prices have been influenced by this is because a lot of the artists are no longer carrying Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch at their venues. They're right. going with, yes. I think, Michelob Ultra, which isn't that also owned by Anheuser-Busch? Yeah, I'm saying that's... I don't know. So, but uh, Bud Light itself exactly. as, as, the, as the brand. As the brand, uh, yes. Which within Anheuser-Busch, as, of course, the uh, umbrella company, uh, I do think has really culturally taken a hit, perhaps. Culture? Naturally, yes, but then also economically, like a lot of the people who are very heavy on the beer drinking, which is, you know, your Travis. I think Travis Tritt mm-hmm. was just somebody who said, not in my concerts. If I see a blue can, I don't know. So I but then again, is that just is that a one off? Is that enough to actually move the needle? It's I, tough it's, to say. It's not, especially with, with the point you just made about Anheuser-Busch has all these beers. Bud Light isn't their only beer. They sell, you know, Modelo and all the uh, the only ones I think they don't sell is Corona. And like, I think they even sell Tecate. So even Mexican wow. beers are being sold by well, Anheuser-Busch. One of the interesting phenomenons here is, as a matter of fact, the number one beer in America may soon be Modelo. See, Modelo is uh, actually high on the rise right now. A lot of people buying Modelo that would otherwise buy Budweiser or Bud Light. And so that's kind of fascinating. And I wonder, again, if some of this sort of um, uh, anti-woke agenda, again, is coming from people who might align themselves as, you know, Hispanic Americans or just Americans in general, you know, who were Modelo and Bud Light or Budweiser are the same freaking thing, basically. But I read a great article on the rise of Latin white supremacy, which was kind of fascinating. Oh, yeah. And you wonder oh, yeah. If, so if so, the the winner of the Bud Light going down is Modelo. That's kind of interesting. It's, still, a, it's not Heineken. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. still Anheuser Busch again. Right. Again, well, Anheuser Busch so, is fine. Yes, I'm saying so. But just you know, within but within that company, if you're in the Bud Light division, you want to win. Right. It's the same thing with WWE, Raw, and SmackDown. They are the same company. They are owned by WWE, but the people that with work within those television programs obviously have an incentive to. Do better than the next. So I think it's feeding the culture war narrative because I, because these guys, these stock prices were going to go down anyways. Target stock price was going to go down anyways. Anheuser-Busch's stock price was going to go down. So if you're trying to look for reasons why this culture war is real and people are agreeing with you, I think you could just kind of you see a pattern when there's not really one there. Sure. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys that the corporations only embraced the rainbow for Pride Month. Because their favorite color of the rainbow is green. They just right. want to make more money this month the same way they want to make more money in Valentine's right. Day and pick a holiday. That's what they do. So I agree with you on that. The fascinating thing about this Target uh, situation specifically is that at first it was really just Target stores in the South that they were really warning their employees mm. about because that's where they were actually like getting like violently yelled at and, and altercations and things like that. So, uh, you know, I have friends uh, on the LGBTQ community who are kind of, you know, which do you be more pissed about? The absolute bigots who see these rainbow flags like that guy we covered him at pet smart or wherever it was last yeah. year and he just went off because <laughs> he saw one flag Hail satan yeah exactly do you, do you get more upset with them for being so awful that they are literally threatening workers like you said ben employees making minimum wage just trying to skirt by or do you get more upset with the corporate culture themselves for giving in to these people Right. And of course, when it comes to the satanic panic, that also kind of comes into it. A lot of people uh, equating the LGBT community with uh, with Satanism. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing with the designer of the closing target. People yes. are like, he's a Satanist, he's a Satanist or whatever. Satanist. It's like, what the fuck are we even talking about here? One of the things is people are upset with tuck friendly swimsuits. Um, but um, I don't think those are for kids. 
also it's you know it's like um niche clothing has always existed right like the maternity clothes and stuff has always whatever. existed yeah you know it's just again new ways to sell you a product mm-hmm. right and i'm just not that sensitive towards it yeah. i don't care i don't go to the section why are they in the children's clothes section <laughs> i don't go to those sections what are we doing get right, out of you, there if you don't like it don't buy it move on move on Blow also has nearly 40 songs on iTunes. Well, that's a lot for being shadow banned, <laughs> including one title that is Fock, F-O-C-K, Bud Light. So he's really taking it seriously, despite the fact in the music video, it looks as if he's buying three 12-packs of Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, wow. he's trying to show off the, the how gay he is. So what what <laughs> bothers go. me again is about like this this artist here is he thinks everything's for him and about him. This isn't about you. These kids, when, right. if I were, a, when I was a little kid, there was absolutely no gay representation at all. It caused a lot of problems with me as an adult growing up. Sure. And I still have them to this day. A lot of internalized homophobia. I understand why this is important as a, as a gay man. Maybe as straight guys, you also understand why representation is important. Maybe as white guys, you, you might think like, hey, I never had an issue uh, with a superhero not relating to me because, again, I'm going in, I'm going deep here. But, Aquaman. <laughs> Ant-Man. But that being mm. that being said, it's not about them, but they're making it about them. And that's what really bothers me. It's right. this constant obsession and, that everything has to be about you. Well, and they're right. also using the we're defending children, which is a bullshit thing that Tipper Gore used. You're not defending it's the kids. bullshit thing that anyone who wants to silence uh, people uh, not utilize the First Amendment to its fullest degree. All you do is say, we're doing it for the kids. And again, no one gives a shit. This kids is about are practicing shooter drills. So mm-hmm. Bud Light's uh, parent company, they are now down 20% in two months. And then the big, big one, of course, it's InBev. Uh, so mm. it's Anheuser-Busch, InBev, and their stock did slip 2%. Uh, there's That's a new normal. eight-month low of about $53 in the stock. So to your point, mm. this is an eight-month low. Uh, this is this is a cycle, as we know. Right. If anyone has looked at the stock market, is the it is reminiscent of a heartbeat of economics on the world stage, and they go up, and they go. And down. what are strippers saying? Strippers saying we're in a recession. So strippers what, are right. Yeah. So <laughs> what would happen? Your stock would go down again. I think this is just a lot of culture war bullshit and false flags. Sure. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Uh, it's interesting from a data point perspective. Uh, their sales, Anheuser-Busch, did slip 10% or more over each of the last four weeks. Uh, now, that's compared to the same week last year. So they did do a comparison to last year's uh, you know, sort of dip in sales compared to this year, and it is a 10% dip. So perhaps that can be attributed to the culture war. But again, to your point, is Fernando, there a 10% dip in all also, sales? Is there a 10% dip, again, as the recession it's not looming. It is here. Michael Myers is inside the house. The knife right. is in our chest and our legs are kicking a foot above the ground as he tilts his head and smiles internally as we slowly bleed out. Sales for Molson Coors are up huh. more than 15% hmm. on an annual basis. Okay. And shares of Coors Light and Miller Light have also gained. So I think it's a bit of both hmm. um, because, again, we do see some of the people who may have grabbed that Bud Light are now going with Miller Light or Coors Light or again, uh, Modelo. Uh, so it's just a, it, it is fascinating. And 
People talk about voting with their wallet, and that right. is fine. Vote with your wallet. Yeah. But uh, leave employees of stores alone and stop uh, vandalizing things. And please just leave the people alone. And if you don't want to buy Bud Light, don't buy Bud Light. At the end of the day, Anheuser-Busch is going to be fine. Right. And uh, push comes to shove. All of this will be uh, a uh, forgotten memory in the relatively near future because it obviously is not sustainable to live uh, on a daily basis as an employee for these massive companies mm. um, and have to be uh, afraid when every time you go to freaking work. I mean, we had That's the shooter crazy. in Buffalo. That was a race-based shooting. We've had supermarkets. Uh, you know, it's, it was a joke up top, but they are the Gaza Strip of much of what's going on, whether it be a racial culture war, uh, economic, uh, whether it be, again, gender issues. Everyone just needs to calm down. Everyone is yeah. fine. Yeah. For, for God a blow has a little phone and he can make his videos and he can go to his target and he can sit in a little cart like he's a schoolboy. <laughs> fine. You're fucking fine. How many? Shut up. Stop whining. How many songs does Forgotta Blow have about kids getting shot? That's it, that's my question. Again, I I, I want to sure. nail this point down that the indoctrination that is happening to our kids is the indoctrination of guns, not gay culture. There's also a situation mm. happening with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, obviously a place that was first boycotted <laughs> by the left. Go woke. And then I was Go like, broke. I don't know. I've had Chick-fil-A twice. And again, I try to keep my I keep my politics truly mostly out of. Uh, well, food you and beverages, because <laughs> right. uh, otherwise, uh, God knows what I'd be able to consume. Anyway, <laughs> Chick-fil-A, they have now a vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion, a.k.a. the DIA. The fast food giant has been a favorite among uh, many conservatives for years because of its religious roots. Mm, and because Tony of Lindsey Graham, ham and biscuits, y'all. And because of some of its anti-LGBTQ organizations. Um, but a previous announcement from Eric McReynolds, <laughs> VP, uh, DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, uh, who has been with the company se company's DEI segment since 2020, has some claiming that the company has gone to woke. None <laughs> of this is real. <laughs> McReynolds previously said DEI is crucial to fulfilling the company's corporate promise, saying, quote, Chick-fil-A restaurants have long been recognized as a place where people know they will be treated well. Modeling care for others starts in this in the restaurant, and we are committed to ensuring mutual respect, understanding, and dignity everywhere we do business. Just go eat your deep fried fat fucking chicken and die of a heart attack like every other American, please. Well, this is 100% a play of what you were just saying. This is a company who, with their dollar itself, votes right. anti-LGBTQ and their policies that they support and the politicians they support with their money do not support gay people. But on the front, in your face, they're saying, oh, we support you. Keep giving us your money. So this is exactly what Ben was just talking about Ugh. that corporations are doing. They're just now doing it Maybe, right in our face. What? Maybe they should just stay out of it. Just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Maybe just make chicken sandwiches. Shut up. Everyone just needs to. Uh, right. All right. Well, all right. I, the rapper, you rap about whatever right, you want. Yeah. Chick-fil-A, I don't need <laughs> yeah. to. I don't know. I don't know. I agree. But yeah. then in some areas, I don't know, because then I'm also, I've been in New York for 15 fucking years. I'm here now in Los Angeles. I, I, I do. I, I just went, you know, Northern California, obviously still, you know, not uh, the deep South by any stretch of the imagination, but. I also understand if you are in rural small town, Arkansas, yeah. smart, small town, 
a little pride flag, a little rainbow flag might go a long freaking way mm-hmm. to making exactly. you be like, ah, oh, it's all good. I'll get out of here at some point or stay here and uh, and build a community. I, it's just they don't do it right because they're not human and their motivation can never <laughs> right. be pure. Right. You can uh, never have course, a pure motivation. are people, my friend. Mitt I Romney. know, Mitt. That's, <laughs> how did the election go? Well, yeah. I agree with you, Ben. I want corporations to stay out of politics, but I want their money out of politics, too. I would love sure. if Chick-fil-A oh, kept sure. it. I would love if Chick-fil-A not only kept it out, kept it out of their pants, you know, or whatever, kept it out of the, mm-hmm. the wallet. Chick-fil-A in the pants. Yeah, now we're talking. Oh, uh, hey, biscuits, y'all. I'm getting too excited, but you get what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Yes, like, I, 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 want, I want him out, fully out. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let's move on. Speaking of culture wars, mm. let's talk about the war that happens within the Lauren Boebert household very Aww. quickly. Mm. Lauren Boebert, obviously a firebrand politician, her MTG. Um, I'm sure there's some people I could equate to on the left, but they're just a special breed here. Again, they're only in office because of gerrymandering and redistricting. And Lauren Boebert representing the district in Colorado, which, again, I, I can't imagine she's going to be representing them too much longer. Right. Uh, Jason Bobert, that's her husband. I believe they're now getting a divorce. Oh, yeah. There's new audio from a kid, right, um, from the kid of of Lauren Bobert and Jason. And it sucks. To be honest, it sucks. Yeah. It's very sad. <laughs> it's very sad. But I think it's important to play because, again, you have people like Lauren Bobert who, well being authorized by tens of thousands of Americans to be their voice sits there into a microphone and says she's happy. She couldn't afford birth control because she, her third child was cheaper. Well, it's not really a nice home. She's birthing these children into and the conversation of abortion completely, even aside, fuck off. Mm -hmm. Like that is such an asinine personal way to um, sort of allow for lack of, proper, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. birth control pills right. to be disseminated, almost making it a good thing in Bobert's mind that they're expensive because she said, <laughs> if it wasn't so expensive, I wouldn't have my third kid that my late, my ex-husband could beat up. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> She's a 36 year old grandma. Everyone, I will remind you. About no, that's Which, right. Again, not, yeah. not judging. It's just because of the hypocrisy. Well, I, I'm judging her because if it were a person of color or a poor person, she would be making those comments. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Let's play this audio. It's a 911 call. This is the son. And it's it's really, honestly, it's kind of traumatic. Um, but again, she is in office. And uh, 
This is what happens in the home of the Bobert family. Trigger warning. Mm. Domestic, it really is. It, trigger, trigger warning. Domestic warning. violence. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Ooh. Trigger warning. But now I think the word trigger is actually a trigger warning. You just triggered me. Oh. So what? Are, because when you think about guns. So I'm going to go with a uh, douchebag alert. Douchebag alert. There we go. There it is. He's just like throwing me across the house. <laughs> he got, I don't know why he got mad. He just started yelling at me and he started throwing me. <laughs> Jason Bobert. All I wanted to say, all I wanted to say is, me and my dad were starting to yell at each other. He didn't really get physical with me. It was just like I was overwhelmed. Wait, hang on. Me, me and my dad were over. Hang on. Hi, I'm the mom. This is Lauren. Hi. Um. Okay, so there was an argument over dinner. I understand you guys got to come and talk to them. I'm down at our second location with. I was already here getting things ready for an event, but I don't know. I was talking to him, and he had said that he had called. So just to let you know, I have him, his dad's up at, at the house. Yeah, he had told me he was going to be down at the farmhouse, and I've got him headed that way to help him. It, mm. Yeah, he doesn't need help, but they can they can come here. Yeah. So there's Lauren Bobert attempting to interfere with her son calling yep. 911 yep. because right. they felt like they were in danger because their father was whipping them around the house. Uh, and uh, yeah, I suppose that's one of the reasons the divorce occurs or is occurring. But of course, her husband also a known sex offender. So, um, right. And, just, and the, all the issues of them speeding around the, the block, right. Pissing off all the neighbors, knocking down mailboxes. Yep. I mean, again, family uh, for a woman, a Congresswoman who espouses family values. Good Lord, lady. Good Lord. The call literally came from within the house. And as you could hear when he was on the phone and he was like, yeah, I was being thrown around. She said, no, no, it didn't get physical. He, and then, or no, she right. told him to say it didn't get physical. Uh -huh. and it oh didn't get physical gosh. with me. But as you can hear with the voice of the young man in the 911 call, something fucking happened. Yeah. And it wasn't good. All right. So just a little bit more on the nasty world of some of these politicians who are pretending to be more pious mm. than you and I and blaming Satan for all the things that are wrong. Take a look at yourself before you go after others, because holy hell, there needs to be a mirror in the Bobert home. And mm. all of us must put a mirror up yeah. to ourselves and hopefully do a little cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ben, no. Yeah, right. Pray. No cocaine. Yeah, pray. Yeah. Who's going to pray for more cocaine? <laughs> oh, wow. All right, let's move on to who's who. Who's running for president? For former Vice President Mike Pence. No, he wasn't lynched. As a lucky, lucky for him, he has said that he's going to launch his campaign within two weeks. So we got Mike Ugh. Pence again. I don't know what coalition would ever even. I don't know what exists. The mother for him. coalition. The mother. He can get the one. He can get the mean woman from Futurama. Um, <laughs> I love her. I, what is the Pence coalition? What does he think? The Pence Coalition is. People in Indiana don't even like him. And I, you know, uh, I, I made a joke. He's probably just following, like, he's following whoever the evangelists that fall off of Trump and fall off of dissent is. Sure, he's hoping sure. to catch them, how Puffin tries to catch pizza, you know, mm. when I'm walking around mm. eating, you know. Aww. Well, it, it is also possible he's just trying to make a little bit of money, and this is one way yeah. to have some oh. change in the coffers. And if you're technically a candidate, Mm -hmm. Be amazed what can count as a campaign contribution or something that's needed 
when you're running for president. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. Mike Pence was added to the ticket in 2016 to appease any evangelicals who were skeptical of Donald Trump. So absolutely, I agree. That's going to be his target audience. And dare I say, like you just put it up and they love putting money into the church's coffers. They do. So he will announce potentially uh, next week or the week after. I don't know how well he is going to poll. I can't imagine he's going to be polling any better than Marianne Williamson is currently polling. (laughs) This is, again, when you deprive people of options, people like Marianne Williamson start to get a little bit of air. (laughs) Marianne, again, you know, you you run, you know, she has the right to run and and people have the right uh, to support her. She's polling at 9%, much higher than previous uh, polling data showed this is the long shot presidential candidate said in an interview with Politico. They say, I have as much of a right to be here as any senator. Yeah, man. Uh, if the founders had one uh, had wanted to say, had to have been a lawyer, had to have been a governor, had to have been a senator, had to have been a congresswoman to run for president. They would have. They didn't for a reason. So she does have mm-hmm. a right to be there. And as we talked about on the last episode, Robert Kennedy Jr. is polling at around 20 percent. So that does show you when we talk about the uh, Democratic coalition that's supporting Joe Biden. Man, they are supporting him, but it is tepid at best. Yeah, that is that that dichotomy, right, of the 70 percent who are fine with Joe Biden. But then there's that 30 percent of Democrats who did not want him to run again. And they were begging for anybody else. And they are literally have two options that are anybody else. And (laughs) showing, you know, just kind of showing you how, you know, sort of aggravated some people are with Joe Biden. She's polling a hell of a lot higher now than she did in 2020. (sighs) Right. Usually when you go in and you're the long shot candidate to begin with, Mm -hmm. you almost get a grace run. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you might be able to get three, four, five percent. And the next time you run, you're like, all right, we know that storyline. Right. But she's actually doing better than she had previously done in 2020. So if you're Marianne, hopefully she's not going to be smashing any windows anytime soon. <laughs> it's not the worst news of all time. The fact that Williamson is a long shot is obvious. The last time an incumbent president wasn't renominated by his party was. Do you know, Travis? I wouldn't know, but I'm reading. I'm going to say Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, 1968. 1884. Damn it. Couldn't have been more wrong. I wasn't alive back then. 1884, which. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. More than 100 years. Well over 100 years. Good (laughs) Lord. Oh, that was Chester A. Arthur. That's who that was. Holy moly. There you go. So Marianne Williamson uh, getting a little bit of traction. All right. Some other people. One person that I'm sure you already know of, Chris Christie. He has said that he traction. will. Uh, speaking of traction. <laughs> uh, speaking of tracksuits. So Chris Christie has said that he will run for president. He plans to announce next week in New Hampshire. I guess that's the play that he's going for. Live free or die. New Hampshire Republican perhaps wants to be seen as more socially liberal. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, He's attempting to uh, say that he wants to take anger out of politics. He says the U.S. has a problem with anger. Uh, Let's not forget that he was the first person to kowtow to Donald Trump when he was winning in the polls. And, of course, Chris Christie's campaign, telling it like it is, Hmm. with a full mouth of food. Uh, His whole thing was that he's angry Mm -hmm. and he wanted to harness the anger of the American people in order to take the White House. So I think it's ironic that his new focus is toning it down, again, despite the fact the man 
shut down an entire lane of a highway <laughs> yeah. that led to somebody's death. And don't forget when he shut down the beach so he could so he up. and his yeah. family could go sunbathe. And indeed, they took up a lot of that. And he used to shout at reporters. His whole thing was he was tough and he would fight back. And now he's he's changing his tune. He's like, eh, it's bad for my heart. Right. So <laughs> that's funny. We'll see what the we'll see what the um, uh, strategy is. The campaign is going to be run by Maria Camella, a former advisor, interestingly enough, to ex-New York governor Andrew Cuomo. Mm. Andrew Cuomo, someone who was just recently tweeting positive love letters to Donald Trump because Donald Trump said that he handled the pandemic better than Ron DeSantis. Heart emojis. Uh, Really? Wow. (laughs) One shit sandwich or a shit sandwich with a side of piss. Which one do you want? Um, when it comes to DeSantis and Cuomo's handling of COVID. So it's kind of interesting that Andrew Cuomo, after he was hurt by the Democrats, has now <laughs> basically become a Trump Republican. Oh my God, he's like world. that woman in North Carolina, that state legislator in North Carolina. Just, just flipping. Right. Just flipping. And again, the only thing these people want is power. And if it takes a D or an R by their name, they'll just, they don't give a fuck. All right. And then just lastly, someone new. That might be entering the race and someone that I cannot imagine anyone wants. J.P. Morgan CEO, Ugh. Jamie Dimon. No. Oh my God. He has suggested in interviews that he might run for president. No. He says, I love my country and maybe one day I'll serve my country in one capacity or another. Hours later, billionaire hedge funder and activist Bill Ackman Bill Ackman, well-known in the circles, in the economic circles, tweeted his support for Diamond. This is what Ackman wrote in a tweet. We need exemplary business, financial, and global leader to manage through what is likely to be a critically important decade for our country in determining our destiny. He goes on, Jamie Diamond is that leader. Mm. So just when you thought it could only get better, don't worry. The CEO of J.P. Morgan might be the next president. You know what? I, I, it is interesting to live in this world where everyone is just like, well, you know, corporations run and control all the politicians. So might as well put a banker. Put a, put the head of the J.P. Morgan in there then and let's just cut out the beef. Right. Cut well, out oh the middleman. Just have every politician just run it. Run it like a GD office. Well, if you don't really care how people vote and all you do care is about that bottom line and you see a banking crisis looming, Ben, and it could, the repercussions could last years and years, why mm. wouldn't you? And I'm talking as a well, corporate capitalist here. Yeah. Why wouldn't you pick, like you just said, the smartest guy in the room? Well, also, let's not mm. forget, uh, and I'll read this quote from Ackman here and, and, and discuss it. Ackman says he has superbly managed J.P. Morgan through every crisis and has built the world's best large global financial institution working for clients from startups and mom and pops to global institutions and countries. J.P. Morgan has benefited greatly from the demise of the Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, absolutely. The demise mm-hmm. of small federal union, federal credit unions going under. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are now a Goliath. Even lo- They were a Goliath and now they're yes. a Goliath that had a great, you know, buffet weekend at Old Country Buffet. They are bigger than ever before. But again, is that what is going to make Working class people in this country, the vast majority of Americans happy, more wealthy. Is it mm-hmm. going to make for a more sustainable future? 
it really is something that hurt Mitt Romney. You know, Mitt Romney, his entire job was basically benefiting from corporations that were um, going under. They would buy the corporations, fire everybody, take their assets, right. turn vulture it around, capitalism. vulture capitalism, yeah. turn it around, turn a profit. You know, meanwhile, uh, the people that are unemployed are unemployed right. and totally screwed. So if I don't know, I, I just can't imagine J.P. Morgan, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, being the person that people are looking for as their next leader. Right. Jamie Diamond, overdraft fees for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Who, when, whenever you think of your bank, I mean, is anyone like happy? No, no. I, like, I, I look. I'm, I have a yeah. small credit union here in Columbus, Ohio. I got an account when I was eight years old, and that is still all I use. I do not engage with corporate banking. Well, until they go under. Yeah, until they and get then swallowed JP up. JP Morgan will buy my credit union. Yes, I understand. <laughs> uh, so that's the first time I've heard of this. We'll see if this is just a little blip in the radar. Totally true. It's very, it's very possible that that is totally true. Uh, Diamond uh, said that his campaign to be CEO was quote his civic duty. What? Wow. So he did it out of the he did it out of the <laughs> kindness. Oh, oh thank you, know? you Jamie. All and these, where's my thank you? Where is my thank you? Those millions of dollars <laughs> they paid you, buddy. Millions. That's your thank you. <laughs> anyway, all right. Just lastly, when it comes to the debt ceiling, mm. uh, Travis, you have just a few words, which I think are very apropos. Apparently, the deal that will be signed later on this week, most likely, uh, changes the budget by how much? Uh, not at all. The bipartisan agreement mainly uh, it's it's about fifty billion in cuts that McCarthy wow. fought for, so he could go back to his you know the Lauren Boberts of his party and say we cut something. Isn't that uh, what didn't didn't Elon Musk lose sixty billion in a day? <laughs> yeah. I mean, all so of the it, U.S. We, government couldn't even couldn't even cut as much as Elon lost because he's a moron. <laughs> and here's the kicker, man. The military budget that Biden requested has been agreed to. It goes <gasps> up again to $866 billion. Ooh. Well, that's that bipartisanship be? in action. I hope they buy a lot of $10,000 hammers. My God, audit the freaking Pentagon. Some of the uh, some people on the left are upset with Joe Manchin, and this uh, tends to be a common uh, resentment towards, towards uh, uh, Joe Manchin, obviously coming from West Virginia, coal country. And when it comes to environmental activists, uh, they have not been supportive of Manchin for a long time. One of the things that has been allowed to go forward within the debt ceiling deal is a Mountain Valley pipeline. This is a project that will pipe methane gas across parts of West Virginia and Virginia. Mm. Uh, Manchin helped secure the provision in the deal that would compel federal agencies to approve all remaining permits. For the approximately 300 mile natural pipeline, wow. uh, the uh, conservative Democrat from West Virginia, he's been critical of Biden on a lot of things, but he has said that uh, he will be supporting the debt deal. Obviously, Biden and his administration said that they don't see eye to eye on the environmental goals of Manchin. However, they have allowed this carve out to take place. Wow. Uh, Manchin said in an interview uh, all of a sudden, the White House did their job. They negotiated, and Kevin McCarthy did his job by putting something first and starting this negotiation. So I applaud both sides. That's what he had to say. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be one of those uh, interesting situations that if it does blow up in Manchin's face, if there is some huge disaster, it really could, again, be another 
example of crony, corrupt capitalism putting mm-hmm. people's health at risk. And that, of course, is the big, big if. I, I just don't trust these companies to do right things. I mean, we just had tens of thousands of gallons of toxic chemicals go missing. Mm. I, I just don't know if uh, if these corporations are taking the safety concerns that they need to have in order to trust them to build a 300-mile pipeline. In a perfect world, you would say, yes, science, pipelines. I mean, it can't mm. be that difficult. But as we've seen time and time and time again, these pipelines are built in rural or or uh, poorer areas. Through Native American through land. Native American yeah. lands. And uh, oftentimes are not done with the highest quality. And because of that, a lot of a lot of pain can be caused in local communities, whether it be, you know, in Ohio or Flint. I mean, all across the country, all different groups. Right. I mean, this is something Joe Manchin has been fighting for in all the big deals that he's been pressured to vote on in the last few years. He tried to get this pipeline in the Inflation Reduction Act. He's been working on it. So I guess kudos to him for sticking with it. But hear me out. This is how they can get it passed. Build the entire pipeline with rainbow flags on it. I there think it's going to go. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit had struck down permits for the project on the grounds that it would violate the Clean Water Act. Mm. So evidently, that's no longer an issue. According to Crystal Cavalier Keck, co-founder of Indigenous Environmental Justice Group 7 Directions of Service, they say literally they are changing the rules as we are playing the game. Uh, environmental groups have said that the uh, effort for the pipeline is immoral and unconscionable. Uh, this is according to Tennessee state lawmaker Justin Pearson, a Democrat. They say for this administration to profess that it cares about environmental justice and then greenlight Mountain Valley Pipeline while gutting the National Environmental Policy Act is abhorrent and wrong. And you are correct, Fernando. A lot of this is going to go through native land. and. Uh, Again, this is you. Would this be approved if it was going through Mansion's backyard? No, absolutely if you not. Would say yes, then I would say okay. Well, let's take right, a look. Right. But I have a feeling that there would be a lot of hesitation if the uh, people in West Virginia in the upper class echelon had to deal with this in their backyard. I just wonder if it would be getting done. And if yeah. the answer is no, no, then it should be no for everyone. And these guys are nimby's. I mean, those are nimby's. You know, not in my backyard. NIMBY. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, the 300-mile-long pipeline would transport gas from West Virginia's Marcellus and Utica Shale areas to Virginia. The pipeline would cross waterways and federal na- national forest lands, which is why it went through such a complex um, permitting process. And now, again, the uh, Virginia-based Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, they repeatedly tossed the uh, the permits, but... I guess that doesn't matter. According to West Virginia University law professor James Van Nostrand, he says, we keep getting the same judges and they keep throwing it out. The developers have done such a horrible job of complying with laws. Manchin attempted to get this greenlit for years. Uh, Manchin was upset that they uh, didn't get this done, as Travis said, in the Inflation Reduction Act. So that's one of the things. Uh, that Biden certainly compromised on. Now, there is one thing that I actually like about this, although I don't think there's enough money going towards it. It's $161 million. I think that needs to be much more. But this is something the Biden administration has announced that's going to go towards public lands restoration. So it's kind of like, it's sort of like when they say, well, if you eat a whole pizza, but you drink a Diet Coke, 
It's you not know, as bad. It cancels, it cancels it out. <laughs> this is like the fat coach, like Coach Haka, I used to have during football. who would get three Big Macs and a Diet Pepsi, you know. And you're like, Buddy, just get the full flavor. <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. But the Biden administration this week announced that it will put $161 million towards restoring ecosystems on federal lands in 11 Western states. Again, it's on the, on the heels of also allowing the pipeline to go through. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Um, the 21 uh, so-called restoration landscapes that was identified by the Bureau of Land Management, those are going to be based on ecological need. And uh, this is what they had to say. They say, we worked hard to identify areas where restoration investments would be supported by states, tribes, and local communities and be leveraged by investments and partners. The point here is to tackle threats to public lands at scale. Mm. So kind then of stop the pipeline. <laughs> kind of an interesting sort of, you know, a bit of both, I suppose. And I guess that's the, the compromise. But again, yeah. it does read to me like yeah, just because you had a burrito and a Diet Coke. It didn't mean the burrito didn't count. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back a little bit later on this week to keep you updated on all the insanity going on around America. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.